0: Welcome back to the Inspired Podcast, the podcast that stretches you to consider how intricately God has designed you to discover His character and dwell in His presence. I'm Jessica, and I'm on the Inspired team here at X Church. And today, I'm so excited about our discussion about truth. What is truth? Relative truth, absolute truth, subjective truth? We live in a world inundating us with whole truths, half truths, and everything in between. So what do we do when we think our truth is the right truth? How does accepting different truths affect the way we see ourselves? Accepting truth has a lot to do with our identity. So listen in to this episode for tips and perspectives to know how to arm yourself with tools to decode what is really true. Welcome back for another episode of... The Inspired Podcast. Hello, ladies. Did hey. you like my intro? Was I yeah. I thought you were going to break into song in a moment <laughs> I know. there. I you was know? actually dancing, but you can't see that. So <laughs> no, you can't see that. We're excited that you're back. We've had some great episodes previous to this one. Yep. Um, we're excited just to dive into today's episode. We're kind of. I mean, we've talked about how we're going to be talking about some topics that are not always the easiest. But mm-hmm. I really do feel like sometimes when we lean into Things that are controversial or up for debate or have differing views um, we can ha- we have two options we can choose to go head on into the conversation and be defensive and be very hard headed and think one way and not budge or we can go into a conversation with um, the the posture of learning yeah. and maybe taking pieces away and thinking on them at a later time or, um, praying through some of the conversations that we have in order that God would plant some seeds in us about what we're talking about right now in order to have a harvest and a fruit later. So, um, but today you know, you gals, we were talking about just kind of as we've chosen the topics of this season of episodes, we've, we, we kind of were talking about what's what do people what are people talking about what what are what's might be a hard conversation that um that always might be encouraging to filter through the lens of god and mm-hmm. the way that he's wired us um so today i thought we would talk about truth let's do it what is <laughs> truth right <laughs> there's no bigger mm, cultural movement than I feel like that we're in right now that has anything more to do with than just truth and yeah yeah I think
1: I absolutely I think what we're running into so much more it just seems like it's it's gained so much momentum is people establishing this is what's true for me yeah you Mm -hmm. can't tell me I'm wrong you know because this is my truth yeah Mm -hmm. and I'm going to live my truth Rather than what you say is true, that's fine for you, but this is my. You truth. do you, you yep. you do you, right? Yeah, and I'm going to do me, and we'll all, you know, that's just the way it is. The problem I think happens is that so often, then if you your truth doesn't agree with theirs, and you say then, then you get labeled as you know, well, you're you're just intolerant or mm-hmm. yep. you know, narrow-minded, narrow-minded, and all of that kind of thing, which puts if you're
2: a Christ follower, puts
1: you in a really
2: awkward spot. Yeah. I think what's really cool about truth is this whole idea of what is your truth and where do you want to take your life is not only is it really big for my generation. I'm a Gen Z, but and maybe like it's pretty heavy in millennials too. But I think that this idea of truth and deriving your identity and your purpose in life from that truth mm-hmm. is just across the board relevant. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of an issue that I could sit with four generations at a table and debate with.
0: Oh, yeah. You know?
2: And I just feel like this topic, no matter what stage of life you're in, no matter what your environment is, no matter your background, everyone can relate to this being part of their, even their daily thinking process. Yeah. Well, and
0: you even brought up background, family, um, circumstances, stuff like that. All of that actually plays into... What we see as truth, right? Because we have, you know, we have we have mental maps of how we navigate through our lives, and all, those mental maps are a culmination of experiences that we've had, right? Um, good or bad, um, culture that we're immersed in, personal decisions that we've made. I mean, there's there's a whole plethora of things that go into what defines truth for us so we thought we would dive into a few of those things today and really just try to I don't know we might just be even getting more in the weeds and going (laughs) through the I mean like weeding out I mean that's like a phrase of like weeding out some of the but we we might just really just be heading into the thicket here, but we'll just, we'll see. yeah, we'll yeah. see. But okay. You recently got home from Passion Conference 2022. Yes. Tell yes. us about that. I mean, because you had talked about some of the, the like sermons that you heard and everything really like really pertain to some, a topic
2: like this. Yeah. So first, if you've never heard of Passion Conference, it is incredible. And 60,000 people were there in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And I'll never forget the first night there. We got there a little late because of Atlanta travel. Everyone, hopefully not everyone has been through that. But if you have, you won't forget it. (laughs) But we ended up getting there a little bit late. And we were walking up to the stadium, which if you guys aren't familiar with the Benz, it's the largest in the world, I think, or one of them at least. And what's really cool about it is the roof will open up. And so as we were walking up, we got there while worship was going on, and they had the roof open, and you could just hear. You saw the lights coming out of the roof that was just swung open towards the sky. It was lit up in the night, and you could just hear worship from, like, miles away. Oh, wow. Wow. It was (laughs) cool. so incredible. It was so cool. Oh, my gosh. And David Platt prayed the rain away. And you'll just have to – got to look into it. It was so cool. But I feel – it was only a day and a half conference, but I think it was the most invigorating experience I've ever gone through. It was my first time going. And um, it's geared towards young adults, 18 to 25, I believe, is their age range. But you can also go up until, like, age 30, I believe, as a leader. Well, I'm still out. A leader of adults. <laughs> I'm way out. <laughs> I don't think they have you provide proof of identification. So, <laughs> But one of the most, I think, incredible topics there, they really touched on every aspect of culture. So they talked about anxiety. They talked about identity. They talked about relative truth. They talked about carrying the weight of your sin around when Jesus could come back tomorrow. And I think that it was... They were very touchy subjects that people weren't afraid to get into, mm-hmm. and I think there's a lot of value in someone who's willing to stand up and preach the word of God when they know it's going to tick some people off mm-hmm. and make mm-hmm. them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I thought that I heard Sadie Sadie Robertson Huff speak on identity, and I think that in my generation, that is the most crucial topic right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that it comes from this new age of technology. We've all got these different sources of information, which I think we've touched on, but you've got social media, you have your workplace. If you think about it, our generation is one of the first to have three, four jobs within one year, if not more. Mm-hmm. Previous generations, it's like you stuck with a company. Mm-hmm. It was loyal yeah. to that company. The company's values didn't change. Mm-hmm. So your values at your workplace weren't changing. Your values at home likely weren't changing. Well, and like even changing houses. I Because I, yes.
0: I felt bad when my husband and I have moved several times mm-hmm. in the last 10 years. And because I grew up living in primarily one house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I've moved five times and I'm 23. So it's very, the transient times are yeah. very different, and not even just different within our generation, but different like within one year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think that this whole, this crisis, this identity crisis that we're facing, has a lot to do with this new age of technology and information, and, and
0: where truth comes from.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. And when you have all of these different influences it's very difficult to know what am I supposed to think yeah and how do I sift through these and one thing that Louis Giglio brought up was that with this identity crisis there there comes with it a very high level of stake so stakes very high stakes Mm -hmm. high level of stake and So if you and your neighbor, you have two different truths. So my truth, Janice, is different than yours. Okay. We can still have dinner together, and we can still get along and be friends. But at the end of the day, there's only one truth. Only one of us is right. And so when you think of the stakes of whoever's around you with however many different truths and only one being right, because at the root of truth, there's... There's one, One. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and I never thought about, like, how many people around you, or how how many times have you been led by misinformation, you know? Like, the stakes of that are just crazy when Mm -hmm. you think about it at that level, and so I think that identity and truth are hand in hand, but that truth is the basis of your identity, and Mm -hmm. sometimes they're used interchangeably. Mm -hmm. So I just thought that it was like the conference touched on every crucial aspect of culture today. And it was so well received, which was really cool to see (laughs) that these controversial topics could be so, like, introduced in a way that people could still receive them. Well...
0: What has me thinking is like, because like we talk about relative truth and you have a personal truth and like what's true for you might not be true for me, but when you sit in a stadium with 60,000 people yeah. that claim the same faith mm-hmm. and everybody, you say, I mean everybody, we'll just use that as a blanket term of like most people received that truth. Yeah. It's very telling of the supplier of the truth. Yes. God's truth, the truth, and the agent that is the one counseling our truth, Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit.
1: I think we're, you know, we're all, even from when you're children, you want to have boundaries. You want want to know. I mean, one of the worst things you can do to a child is just say, do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. It's so unloving, Mm -hmm. you know. They want to know rules. And even when they push against them, it's like, okay, that's that's it. That's the boundary. And I think it's the same thing when it comes to truth. We, I like what you were saying that, you know, it's like, what is your what is your filter? Mm-hmm. What is your lens? What are you comparing it to? And when you instead say, I can determine everything myself, I don't think we're designed to do that. Yeah. I don't think we have the brain yeah. capacity. And, and, <laughs> I don't. You know, or any of that to really do that because that's a huge burden. Yeah. hmm yeah. That's a huge burden. It's like no wonder we have issues with anxiety and stuff like that if I'm like I have to determine, you know, what is right here, what is wrong in this situation, you know, yeah. all of those things. Yeah. And so I think the thing I see is once people find something they cling to it really hard and mm-hmm. it's very difficult then to um present something else because then your pride's involved. Mm-hmm. Well, I yeah. decided that this is right for me. And I don't want to give it up because Mm -hmm. then I'll have to say I was wrong. Mm -hmm.
2: Yes. I think along with that, we also Mm -hmm. live in a culture of it's easier to validate than it is to have a constructive criticism-based conversation. Mm -hmm. So I think that if we go back to we're neighbors and we have two different truths, instead of going to external resources to validate those... We can just say, that's great that you believe that. And we both walk away thinking that our truths are the truth. Mm -hmm. Because I think it just takes that little bit, that little ounce of validation. And then it's like, I don't have to look any further. This is great. I can roll with this.
0: There's a book that I just got finished reading. It's by John Mark Comer, and it's called Live No Lies. And he actually... I mean, it, it's the the tagline of it is recognize and resist the three enemies that sabotage your peace. And he took goes in there and he talks about. Um, well, I don't really know the three, but the the I know two of them: the flesh and the world. And mm-hmm. um, I think that he talks about like we we we've probably all heard the word spiritual formation, mm-hmm. and spiritual formation is just a fancy way of saying becoming in the image of Jesus. I mean, like, what we do, what we say, how we live is, is progressively looking more like Jesus. But mm. he says the flip side of that coin is spiritual deformation. Mm. And the person that is forming us into his image is Christ, but the deformation is the enemy. And okay. he uses any and all tactics in our world and in our culture, and in within ourselves, to get us to be deformed. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we were made in His image, we were created in His image, and we have a pool, a gravitational pool of society, and culture, and and flesh, and sinful nature, all telling us to Flow in downstream the river of you know, but to to swim upstream and to go against some of these cultural norms is actually what is is helping us form, yeah, you know, a Mm -hmm. solid spiritual formation in truth. But he talks about basically, um, I mean, because I can think of instances over the last couple of years where, I mean, literally a neighbor, figuratively. I say literally, figuratively (laughs) in the same, literally a neighbor figuratively, (laughs) literally have had, you know, friendships or acquaintances or whatever, where you, where some go, like you say, oh, that's great because it's not your space. It's not Mm -hmm. your, it's not your realm or your arena to come at them with all the reasons why they are wrong. Right. Because I really do feel like that's reserved for a small group of people in your circle yes, mm-hmm. to actually point out and give relative data and reasons why what you're believing is not truth. I think that a small, a small amount of people hold that in your life. Um, so I've had conversations with people um, over the last couple of years where it's like, oh, yeah, that's great. And then walk away being like, that is interesting and not <laughs> what I think is true, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but then there's also been conversations where where the circle is assumed, mm. and that you do have the space. Yeah, and it goes wrong. Yes, it goes badly.
2: That I'm glad you brought that up. That's um, a really good.
0: And honestly, <laughs> it's taken me months and years to process through some of that because really what happens is you can lose friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And that hurts. And mm-hmm. nobody wants, like you said, it's easier to validate someone than to disagree with them. And I think as humans, we run from the possibility of pain or suffering. Yeah. And sometimes we do that in the name of sacrificing the truth, because we don't want to ruffle feathers. We don't want to offend people. We don't want to hurt people. We want people to accept us and to like us. And so we deflect the truth and we we shove it aside in order to validate them and make them feel better about themselves but my question is what happens when you are in a relationship or a conversation and there is a disagreement and there is one truth and there you know what do you what do you do because I mean like who's right and that's yeah. where i have found myself in the last you know few years is that i've had instances like that and it it almost it really messes with your mind because you walk away and you're like Oh, am
1: I, I'm yeah, right. wrong. You start questioning yourself. Yeah. You know, did it, did I not put it right? Did I have the wrong tone? Did I express things wrong? And maybe, maybe it's okay what they do. Because when there's um, relationship involved, there's, that's more costly than, you know, going and knocking on the door of somebody that you don't know, Yeah. you know, and saying, Do you know Jesus? Okay. Um, (laughs) I've done that because I've been in churches where we did that. Evangelism. Yeah. Door-to-door evangelism. Um, Giving him a track. (laughs) Yeah, that too. Oh, yeah. Believe me. Yeah, I've got stories.
2: (laughs) I think my parents turned the porch lights off when they're like, (laughs) oh, great. People heading down the sidewalk. Oh, my gosh. But,
1: but. you know it's like that's one end of the spectrum Mm -hmm. okay then the other end of the spectrum is where you just never ever bring anything up or you or you find yourself drifting and conforming to what they're doing and saying because sometimes their silence can just be interpreted as approval and validation Mm -hmm. and that's the hard thing i think um Obviously, you know, like a neighbor or a friend or someone that you, a you know, co sometimes it's just living your life as a reflection of God, of Jesus mm-hmm. in front of them. Yes. And because that gives weight to your words, then mm-hmm. just, you know, like I said, going door to door or just, you know, saying, do you know where you're spending eternity after you die? You know, <laughs> I've done that too. Okay. <laughs> Laundromat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess I've done that on like old school mission trips. Mm, no, I was in college. <laughs> <time>. <laughs> you're, like, <laughs> you're like, I was old enough to
1: know. Yeah, <laughs> I was, but you know, anyways. Um, but I think when you're talking about the, the idea of sharing it and it not going well. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a nightmare. That's hard. I it's mean, so hard. there's no <laughs> way around that. That is hard, but we're responsible for sharing our truth, yeah. and unfortunately, we can't control how that person receives it. Yeah. I think you yeah. go back and you can say, okay, was I vindictive? Was I judgmental? Was I all of those things? And if, you, if you're not, then it's just you push some buttons, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, I always think about the idea that, you know, back in Genesis that... Um, Adam and Eve were presented with the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. And they chose the the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They chose to determine their what was good and what was evil on their own terms rather than God's. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, we've been doing that. It did not that. go well. It did not go well. Yeah. And ever since then, that's what we've been doing. Yeah. Um, you know, and... But when it's, especially, I my thought of when you were talking about a friend or something, it's really difficult when it's family.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can't, well, you can, but <laughs> most of the time you can't just leave and say, peace <laughs> out, I'm never talking to you again. Right, right.
1: right. And it can make things really uncomfortable yeah. when family gatherings and you find a family member avoiding you or, you know, yeah, all of hurts. those things. It hurts. It hurts because it becomes the elephant in the room. You yeah, know, yeah. You, you know they know you think this, They you know they think that. And I think also, I think in our, our culture today, there's a real streak of, of um, I heard someone use the term contrarianism.
0: Ooh, I need that defined.
1: Yes. Contrarianism is where someone takes a position that is the opposite
2: mm-hmm.
1: of something that is widely accepted. Just I feel
0: like my mama always said, oppositionally defiant. Yeah, that too. <laughs> You
1: know, and that's, you know, that's why sometimes we see people, you know, willing in a way to die on that hill. And you're like, why would you do that? But because they're, you know, I am digging my heels in. This is the way it is. And I think that streak that seems to be in our culture right now makes it even more difficult. Mm Yes. When we say, really, we do
2: have a truth. And it's, it's a truth that brings freedom. Right. And I think you touched on how not only can we have conversations about, what we believe to be true but we can also model that with our actions and I think that that is so crucial because I think that our culture is so obsessed with identity and getting to the bottom of this and putting a label on it because the one question that we all wonder is like what is my purpose Mm -hmm. you know and I think the problem we run into is when we use identity and purpose interchangeably because Sadie brought up, which I I cannot speak more highly of her sermon. You're a fan. Yes, big <laughs> fan. But she brought up, you can know your identity. You, I can sit here and I can know that I'm forgiven and that I'm never alone and that I'm not forsaken and I've been redeemed. But until that identity has allowed me to change the way I live my life, until that point, I will not be able to stand on solid ground. Mm -hmm. And so when you allow that identity to change the way you live your life and that identity is through Christ, that is when we can step into our purpose. Mm -hmm. And I think what happens in culture today is that when our identity is based off of our gender, our sexuality, our job, our family, our background, our past decisions, that fluctuation can never lead us into a purpose because it's not a solid ground that we can build a life on. And I think that when we use identity and purpose interchangeably, we have people that are like, why am I here? You know? Yeah. yeah. Like, well, and it has a lot to do with your belief.
0: I mean, like what you believe about yourself. Like if we're going to take the example of identity, um, I mean, we can... Like you said, you can walk into church and sit in a row and hear over and over, "You're chosen, yeah. you're forsaken i mean I mean you're never forsaken, you're forgiven, all this up and i can I can tell you all those things verbatim now, whether or not I believe them to a point where it's going to cause me to change some of the rhythms in my life is a different story yes right and I think that it's easy just in our culture is we believe what the world says about us. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's easier to believe what the world says about us than to believe what God says about us. Yeah. Because it's tangible, mm-hmm. very tangible. It's right. right in front of our eyes. Mm-hmm. It's right. in our hands. It's at our fingertips. We
1: it's can in, Right. It's in our eyes and our ears. It's, it's, you know, anywhere you turn, it's like you're hearing all this stuff and seeing yeah. all this stuff constantly. Well, yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, think about, you know, a social media platform or Instagram. How many, you know, how many likes do you get? How many hearts do you get? How many people are commenting on your stories? That is so tangible. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it's, it would be easier. I mean, if I were to be honest, it's, it's easier for me to probably believe that I am, I'm loved by this person, this person, this person more than I'm loved by God, because God is not like auditory or audibly Mm -hmm. telling me like, I love you. Mm -hmm. He is in his word. Yeah. But how ancient does that feel against a screen in front of our faces. Right. Right. Opening up his word and reading his words versus an instant gratification heart that shows up on our screen. And we even get a notification every time they go up. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's so hard, but you, you said something that made me think of like, i back to that, um, live no lies book. He talks about, um, that out of all of creation, Out of every creature, humans are the only species that are able to envision and have an idea. Animals can't have ideas. Everything that animals do is based off instinct, Mm -hmm. instinct to survive. Humans have that instinct, but they also have another ability, and that is to have, like, to vision like to have a vision to visualize to have an idea and to almost speak something into being because an idea that's what it does i mean like what are we told as we grow up in life like put your mind to it and you can do anything yeah or everything is possible like you can do this you can go to outer space you know which is yeah. all great like set your bar high dream big i'm all for that but i think um what he talks about is like we're the only species that can have an idea and he defines truth as basically like sim- simplified reality. Truth is what is real, like yeah. a mm-hmm. a reality. And what happens is we get these ideas, and they become our reality because, yeah. like he says, ideas are assumptions about reality, mm-hmm. right? Which make them not really real. Mm-hmm. And is. I think that. Then he says that basically people gather these ideas. They gather idea after idea after mm-hmm. idea, assumption of what is real, assumption of reality, and they gather all of these things and they make a mental map. And then that's the way they navigate through life. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it ends up being very far from reality. Yeah. Yeah, I,
1: I, one of the things I was thinking of as you were speaking was uh, the thought that um, anyone who's ever been in counseling Knows exactly what you're talking about. Those assumptions, those ideas that we make, for example, about ourselves or mm-hmm. about relationships with others, mm-hmm. or whatever. And so much of you know, counseling is you know, we got to correct those thoughts mm-hmm. and correct how we view things. Um, you know, instead of looking at it that you know, I'm I will always be a failure because I was told mm-hmm. that I was stupid or yeah. whatever when I was growing up. That's your, you know, that's the idea you have and your reality, and instead saying no, that is not the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and because it would it controls everything. Yeah, Mm
2: -hmm. not to um, quote Sadie Robertson Huff again, (laughs) but she touched on this, and I thought she explained it so beautifully in explaining a critical error that we make when we lean into other sources of our identity, whether it's your enneagram, your what your family and your friends have said about you, Mm -hmm. what your therapist says about you, what you read about in a book that aligns with your life. Whenever we lean into those other sources for our identity, we automatically excuse ourselves from who God calls us to be. Mm -hmm. Because I can look through the Enneagram book, and if I'm an eight and I know that well, I'm an eight, so I like to have control over things. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to release control over this. It mm-hmm. gives you validation. Yes. And then That's just who I am. Right. That's who I am. I'm an eight. I have to have control over this. I'm and just then this way. You just completely, not even consciously ignore God's word, but you excuse yourself from, hey, I want you to hear. You yourself
0: from accountability. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. And from knowing that you have a father who wants to take your burdens for you. And then it's. And can have better control than you ever could. Yes. And it is crazy how subconscious it is. Like, mm-hmm. no one sits down and is like, I want to intentionally ignore God and all of his great promises for me and take control of the situation. <laughs> but in culture, it's, it's very like, subtle. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's so subtle. And then you find yourself so far from mm-hmm. your purpose mm-hmm. because that has just been the way that you have identified yourself. It's easy to
0: drift. Yeah.
2: Well, and I think that's
0: like, if you've been around this church for any amount of months or years, you have heard the word rhythm a -hmm. lot. And Mm -hmm. I think that is why we hear about that so much is because it's so important because we know, we know deep within ourselves that you're right. We don't ever sit down and decide, I want to be a murderer. Right. Or we don't ever sit down and say, I would just want to do this really bad thing. How do I do that? Yeah. It happens one one decision, one thought at a time. And so you're forming your you're forming habits, you're forming rhythms and you're forming patterns over time that are small, very 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 small and, mm-hmm. and seem in- insignificant because honestly that's what the enemy wants it to feel like is seems natural. It yeah. seems like that's just well, my body is just telling me this or like this is the way I feel or my heart feels this way or I can't help that I, you know, mm-hmm. xyz and we believe those truths over and over and then we end up so far that we we don't know how we ended up getting there and i think that's why it's so important to have rhythms like healthy rhythms and healthy patterns and and one way i thought about this was um i mean we had thrown around the word accountability earlier but it's so import- i think it's so important in our in keeping up with the truth and forsaking all others, you know, culture throws at us or whatever, so important to have a person walking through with you. And really, that's just a way of saying discipleship. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it's important to have, um, and it, and it isn't very many people. No. But, no. Though, you know, one yeah. or two people that are really, you just, they're in your life. Mm-hmm. And because of your relationship with them... They have um, they have that right to speak to you, yeah mm-hmm. and say you are you know you're getting off you're yeah. starting to drift or you're starting to get off there and challenge you know rather than just let you go on because right. they don't want to ruffle things we 'll risk the relationship even with you yeah mm-hmm. because they love you that much, yeah. yeah, and that is that that type of um, you know, you talked about uh, discipleship, that kind of relationship, those kinds of close friends are so important. Yes, very. Because, yeah. like you said, you can sometimes you don't even see it. Mm-hmm. You know, you just don't yeah. even see it yourself because you're right in the midst of it. And it's like, OK, it's fine. Yeah. You well, know? it's like
0: a watching an animal or a pet grow over time. Like, you know, you bring them home as like a kitten and then before you know it, they're a cat, and like that's just their normal. Like, that's the way they've always been. Or, or like you can even say like, oh, they just used to be so small, but like you don't even notice the change mm-hmm. yeah. over time. But then like you show up to someone else's house, and you're like the last person. Like the last time you saw their child or whatever, they were a newborn, mm-hmm. yeah. and now they're yeah. six years old, walking around and talking. Yeah, I think that it a lot of times it's like that. So it's sometimes it's great to have a group of friends that that can point it out but and I think I talked about this in the first episode I talked about a square squad so (laughs) square squad um Brene Brown she has great books they're very practical um great books on truth as well um but she talks about having a square squad and basically it's a one by one inch piece of paper and you should only have the amount of people in your life that can be real with you to fit on that paper yeah. like no more and yeah. which which the point of it is to keep it small and keep your circle small yeah um but here's the other thing of that choose carefully yeah choose wisely i mean like vet the people that come into your life and yeah. don't i mean like it i i really can't say that it, that's happened automatically for me ever like it's not like i've met a, a person and just be like yep they're the person that's going to yeah. mm-hmm. you know shoot me straight. Yeah. It's taken years in it, you know, watching their character, watch how they deal with with suffering and with victories and watching them how they carry themselves, mm-hmm. how they deal with disagreements. Yeah. Where like when they when they're hurt, where do they go? Yeah. When they're sad or do they wallow in their pity or do they do some practical things that Point them in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, like all these things, it's important to, as you, as you're forming those people in your, in your circle that will call you out on your, on your stuff, yeah. um, knowing their heart and their character and, yeah. and knowing like, I trust this person to validate me, not because I want to feel good about myself, but because it was right. And it was true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I can yeah. think of back in situations where I have had those run-ins with friends and, and I've walked away questioning Mm -hmm. like maybe I was the one that was wrong. And for a person in my life, and I call her my mentor, a person in my life saying, or hearing the story. And sure, there's two sides to every story. So she obviously gets one side, but being as transparent as I can Mm -hmm. and not, you know, not twisting because really my motivation is, please tell me where I, where can I, where can I improve? How can I fix this? Because I don't, If I'm wrong, please. Right. Please help yeah, me. I want to know. I want to know. I don't want to hurt anybody. Yeah. And her saying um, you know, no, that's not true. Yeah. That's not yeah. who you are. Don't believe that mm-hmm. about who you are. Mm-hmm. And then also saying like do you think maybe this person, you know, has a reason for the way that they feel? And me having to think through like maybe maybe they do, like just bringing all sides to the yeah. table yeah. or all perspectives because a lot of times I can only see one. yeah
1: Yeah. it reminded me of a um, scripture in proverbs that says um there are friends and that's in quotation marks there are friends who destroy each other (laughs) but a real friend sticks closer than a brother Mm -hmm. or a sister
2: yeah
1: you know i mean and that's and that's true um you were talking about your you know the little one inch square thing your square squad I think also to keep in mind that the people you put on that square may not be there permanently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is so good, yes. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, because the only one who truly is permanent is Jesus.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because people do change because we're not, we're people. Yeah. Right. And, and sometimes that person that was there on that square and, and there was a season, but then for whatever reason, they're like, going off the tracks a little bit and you can't allow that anymore or have
0: just physically grown apart i mean like that's happened a lot of times with me is like i can think of multiple people that would that if they were in my life right now physically present near me then they would be there but because of time and season and stages of life or whatever we Mm -hmm. we don't connect anymore Mm -hmm. it wasn't bad it was just time and in distance, yeah. But then again, like the woman on, on that square squad of mine. I mean, she lives in Texas. She's hours and hours and hours away. But because of the seasons and the way that God has ordained it, and just put it all together, we talk on the phone, yeah. yeah.
2: And physical distance doesn't really—it doesn't matter. That. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I have um, another verse from Proverbs that has really challenged me, but also helped me. And it's in Proverbs 27, and it's faithful are the wounds from a friend. Because I'm the type of person who, I'm a two. Well, I'm either a three-wing two or a two-wing three. Not that I'm placing my identity in that. But, (laughs) just a disclaimer. But, (laughs) I love to, like, people-pleasing is, like, my forte. And I do not like to hear that I've like done something wrong (laughs)
0: because I will take
2: I'll take any route to say well if you think of it this way I really didn't do anything wrong Mm -hmm. and my mentor does just does not put up with that and she I just met with her a couple maybe a week ago a week or two and I was just she was like okay what's new like what's going on and I just like let it all out and I was expecting like I can't believe that that would happen in mm-hmm. your life. And I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. And she hit me with, Have you prayed for an attitude change? <laughs> and I was like, What attitude? <laughs> what attitude are you referring to? <laughs> and I, that verse just keeps me grounded because she wants the best for me. Yeah. And, yeah. That's, a, yeah, the mm-hmm. person that wants the best for yeah. you. Yeah. And those wounds from a friend are faithful. and. Yes. Are valuable, and I have to remind myself that in my defensive nature, there is no growth in my deflection. Mm-hmm. And so I have since prayed for an attitude change, Rebecca, if you're listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's so important when you are in that square squad to maybe let the wall sound a little bit. Mm-hmm. If you're feeling defensive, ask yourself, why? Why am I? so defensive here and really get to the root of well can I do anything Mm -hmm. different yeah yeah and I think that goes back to has me think of like um
0: the prayer that David prayed in Psalms like search me Mm -hmm. and know me and in give me you know a willing spirit to like in this instance he was confessing his sin and was embarrassed and repenting for you know his act with bathsheba and but that is always a, a verse i go back to is w- when i do have this kind of at a crossroads with truth with people um always want to be careful that i don't walk away from these um i don't know run-ins or whatever that you call it to say like oh i'm definitely right and they're wrong yeah even if i yeah. know that where i'm coming from is comes from a biblical place, comes from a gentle place, comes from a compassionate place or whatever, I'm still asking God when I walk away, search me yeah. and know me yeah. mm-hmm. and point out my hidden faults, the ones that I don't even know about. Please, because I'm blinded. I'm blinded to myself because yeah. I serve my flesh. Yeah, And yeah. so I think that, like you said, like it's always important to be asking those personal questions. Yeah.
2: I think one thing that was really encouraging when it comes to allowing this one truth to carry into how you live your life. Because a lot of times it is, well, most of the time, it's going to be against your flesh. And mm-hmm. it's going to feel like it's not natural. And this is the last time I'll quote her. But <laughs> Sadie it's said, okay, Megan. It really is. <laughs> she said, it may not feel natural, but it is biblical. So I will rejoice in it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that, I think Pastor S said one time, if your flesh is telling you to do it, you might want to take a double take because a lot of times what our flesh is telling us to do is influenced directly by the enemy. Yeah, <clears throat> we justify so it. you mm-hmm. can still rejoice in doing things that are unnatural so long as they're biblical. So you can find value and light in doing things you don't necessarily want to do. Yeah, because our tendency
1: is to go the, the path of least resistance. Yes. Mm-hmm. and And just to go that way, you know. Um, when you were saying Proverbs 27, I'm like, is she going to take my verse? Oh, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's Genesis verse. No. Don't touch it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a really familiar one. It's in the same chapter, but um, but it's in verse 17. It says, as iron sharpens iron, mm-hmm. so a friend sharpens a friend. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I need that. Yeah. I need mm-hmm. someone who will challenge me, who will um, speak truth. And And by that, I mean speak truth that lines up with the Word of God. Yeah. You know, and not our culture and not any of that. Yeah. Um, the same thing that I need to speak that to people that I say that I care about and love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But I'm a two also. And no, my identity isn't in that because, <laughs> my, you know, but um, confrontation is not necessarily always my real strong point. Yeah to because i don't want to hurt someone or you know or do any of those things but that scripture always speaks to me that i need to be that for other people Mm -hmm. i need to not just acquiesce or be silent or whatever Mm -hmm. there's times when i need to challenge that and every time i do it it's um sometimes things come out really good Mm -hmm. you know but i've had some really bad experiences too i've lost some friends i've had people walk away but you know it's it's what god asks us to do mm-hmm. yeah we're not always well going and to be if i know
0: anything about you it's also bathed in prayer before it comes out of your mouth well yeah <laughs> most of the time i yeah. would
2: say so <laughs> janice is currently drinking out of a coffee mug that says pray
0: no, yes. it doesn't. It says, it says yes, which means to pray. In I can't roll my tongue. You can't? You <laughs> <laughs> can't
2: do it. Orar.
0: Like it makes it sound
2: Turkey. like you're gargling over there. <laughs> that's why I just uh, went with the English translation because I wanted to save says, myself the pray. humiliation, but here we are. <laughs> pray. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: So, yeah. But I think that's that's... That's the challenge I think mm-hmm. that we, we experience right now because just as we've been saying, there are so many things in our culture that are pushing at us. Yeah. You know, it's our education, mm-hmm. what, you know, our experience has been just going through the educational system that we have yeah. here in our country. It's our families. It's all the stuff that's come before as well as social media and everything that surrounds us. There's so many voices. Yeah. yeah. And so you, it's, it's like, okay, I'm going to choose my truth, but I'm choosing that my truth is based on the Word of God. Yeah. And that's the filter I want to put everything mm-hmm. through. That's the standard I want to line things up against. And it is so subtle, like you were saying, um, Jessica, that it's like, I don't even, wow, how did I assume that? Right, yeah. How did I assume that? Mm-hmm. And I that's where I think prayer does come in and say, Lord, mm-hmm. Like you said, search me because mm-hmm. I know that I can be so easily swayed and so easily mm-hmm.
2: deceived. Yeah. Priscilla Shire, did I say it? Shire? Shire. Shire. Um, she released a sermon, which the, the end of the sermon is what's mostly online, but her sermon was called Who's Your Daddy? And she talked about with any life circumstance— When you're making a judgment decision, refer back to that question. Who's your daddy? What does he say about me? And that's something that Mm -hmm. I think would really, when it comes to your truth and making decisions based off of your truth, that's always a good checkpoint of, Mm -hmm. is my decision reflecting the -hmm. truth that has been set upon me? Mm Mm-hmm. It's you don't like have to me. say, like, who's your daddy out loud, but <laughs> you could. Like, maybe not in, in like, a crowded area. <laughs> yeah. But who's your, your daddy? Own, <laughs> in your own reflection, what has God said about you that you can use to make this judgment call? Yeah.
1: yeah. It's kind of like I used to tell my daughter when she was a teenager and she'd want to walk out of the house on something that I felt was rather inappropriate <laughs> dress. <laughs> and uh, I used to tell her, I said, you know, I said, don't dress like something that you aren't. Mm hmm you know? Yeah. I like that. You know, don't go dressing out of the house, go dress out of the house looking like a slut mm-hmm. when you're not, mm-hmm. you know, and, st- and then the same thing. So who, who is it that God says that I am? Yeah. You know, what is my worth? What, how does he divide, d- mm-hmm. you know, define my worth? How yeah. does he define who I am? And that gives you, like you said, that is our purpose. Yeah. And and what I'm considering or what I'm thinking about myself or in this, you know, environment or whatever, is it line up with that? Or am I just caving into something that's not true? I know my own life, it's been so I've had so many lies that I've had to deal with, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's rooted in shame or rooted in brokenness and, and you know, all of those things that you'll never succeed and you're, you know, you're, you're a problem, whatever. And, as God's renewed my mind, mm-hmm. then I find that I line up more and more to realize that you know I am I am His daughter. Mm-hmm. Jesus called women daughter a lot, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm thinking, can you imagine what that was like mm.
2: to hear yeah. that come out of mm-hmm. His mouth
1: and say He He says I'm His daughter. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, you know. So yeah, absolutely.
0: I think what's ironic about you know all of this as we close is that. Um, I really do think that the truth is plain and simple because I don't think Jesus made it hard, but I do think that we have to, we have to dig for it and we have to search for it. And, um, the truth is probably the still, small, quiet voice Mm -hmm. when everything else seems so loud around us and so attainable and, um, we can find it so easily. I mean, we can find it in posting an Instagram picture of ourselves yeah. or we can do, yeah. we can do whatever, but I feel like, um, I mean, I think in Matthew, the parables that talked about like the treasure, like the people uh, that, uh, the man that found a treasure in a field and he dug it up and mm-hmm. he, and then he buried it and went to go by the field because the treasure was there. It's not like he was walking on the road and be like, Oh my gosh. I have my whole inheritance right here. <laughs> he had to go, I mean, yeah. he found it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he had to dig in the right place. And I feel like maybe that's the question for us today is, you know, where, where are we digging? Where are we mining for those yeah. treasures and those truths? Yes. Um, because they, they're not hard and they're not complex. They're simple, but we have, we have to do some work Yeah, in, in digging those up. So. And it's so
1: worth it. It is. -hmm. It is.
0: Oh, it's so worth it. (laughs) And I'm still discovering that over and over. We'll be discovering that forever. Yeah. So if you... um, Maybe this is a conversation that you can have with a group of girls or people. It doesn't have to be just girls. Um, I I know that the uh, X podcast had a, a conversation similar to this a few weeks ago. So you can go back and listen to that if you're grabbing for more resources. Um, they refer to John Mark Comer's book and as well. And that's also a great resource. Um, definitely five star book. Um, but if, if this has kind of resonated with you or sat with you in a place where you want to know more, like I said, gather a group of people and talk about it, or maybe you want to email us in, ask us questions. Um, and we can we can respond or have more conversations on this or whatever. So absolutely. Yeah. We could talk about this for days. I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Books on books on books mm-hmm. and conversations on mm-hmm. conversations. So but anyways, um, we hope that you are doing well right where you're at. Be sure to tune in to the next episode because it will be a great one. They always are. I know. See ya. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>
1: Thanks so much for listening. Our hope is that everyone who hears these episodes near or far would know that the invitation at our table is always open. You might not be sitting at this table, but our desire is that you would join in on these conversations. So if you were inspired by today's talks, send us an email at inspired at the We'd love to hear your thoughts, stories, and questions. And as always, don't forget to rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts.